Hello everybody and welcome to our second installment of our series we have going on from Tommy and Lee here with me and Games vs Depression. Um, in today's topic we're going to be discussing gaming addiction. Um, so quite a, quite a, I feel like most gamers probably at some point feel like they might have this problem. Um, so I'm just going to give a quick, quick description here of what gaming addiction is. So gaming addiction also known as internet gaming disorder, involves an unhealthy fixation on playing games. And in 2019, the World Health Organization, who declared gaming disorder as a mental health condition, actually for the first time. Um, so it's just, it's an addiction, and similar to that of which gambling, drugs, alcohol, um, it, it, can be, it can be just as bad. I'm assuming Lee. <laughs> you never know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's interesting with like how close it is to some other kind of behavioural addictions that are out there. So uh, gambling in particular, and I mean, I'm sure you'll know this, Tommy, as well, and most gamers will out there. But the one thing that sprung to mind when I started researching into this is that a lot of the games out there, and still some of them have them, but luckily the the ones that have a lower age rating, so like Fortnite and Rocket League, they've taken this out but you used to be able to purchase crates or keys to, to yes. open crates with and you would yeah. get a random item and if you look at the animation for the item itself um it's a, basically a fruit machine that's exactly what it looks like a slot mm -hmm. machine it just it's just a, a revolving wheel that slowly stops on it you see all the other items that you could possibly get and there's no guarantee so you're spending a flat rate each time and it could be an item that's worth way, way less than that, which is most of the time, or way, <laughs> way more. And it's an algorithm they control. So the RNG is is a you know, random number generation. It's completely based on however they want to do it. And uh, so the probability of getting a decent item is very low. But people would just, like myself included, used to just pour money into this constantly. Mm -hmm. uh, but like I said, luckily the lower level games, they've taken it out now after significant lawsuits, especially in um, Rocket League in particular. I think in the Netherlands, some it ended up spending like 20,000 euros on uh, crates from his like parents' money. And uh, I think they ended up suing Psyonix, the creators of Rocket League, for it because uh, it is. It, it, it's... Like, you know, video games, they, the developers know what they're doing. They know that Absolutely, yeah. they're facilitating this kind of addictive behavior yeah, in yeah. people. And <laughs> it's like, you know, but then, it's, you know, you can say you, you can blame the alcohol industry for, for making alcohol. And it's like, obviously, it can be used and abused in different ways. But um, it, isn't, it isn't great. Let's call it a, a gray area for them. Because I think they're uh, they're definitely taking advantage of, of the consumers and the users in many other ways that I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, quite a few come to mind, but yeah, like especially when you're younger and you like beg your parents, please let me let me buy some packs or like let me buy some crates, and it's like, and as you say, I'm pretty sure some countries have actually about actually banned it now because it is actually classed as gambling. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, also I think because I I don't play FIFA much anymore. Which is obviously one of the, especially in Europe, is an incredibly popular game. And same with things with the packs. You know, you'd open a pack, they would tell, at least they would tell you like the minimum amount that you could get, like a rare player or, you know, the amount of kind of distribution of, of the quality of the cards that you would get on Ultimate Team. But um, now I've, apparently you can actually preview packs to see what is going to be in there before buying them and opening them, which is kind of strange. Wow. But at the same, yeah, I didn't even know this. I don't, uh, this is just from a friend that told me who plays FIFA a lot. So I'm assuming you wouldn't be lying about it. It was a really interesting thing. And I was thinking, well, why would they put that in there? Surely it's going to deter people from buying them if it's a yeah. bad pack. But at the same time, I guess because it's what what's FIFA, like three plus game or something like that, five plus? Something like um, that, yeah. If you've got a seven, eight-year-old playing it, and essentially kind of getting into these gambling-like tendencies, it's, it's very dangerous to do, definitely. So I'm kind of glad the change is there, but at the same time, it's uh, kind of, a real, you know, the mystery's lost, I guess, yeah, on, uh, on opening bags. They must lose a lot of money on that, but yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. move on to, <laughs> to, to how you can actually tell um, some of the signs and symptoms um, of, of what it might look like if you used to experience gaming addiction. Um, so we've got quite a few here. For example, preoccupation with gaming. Um, I'm not sure if you wanted to. I'm, I'm assuming that that means for anyone out there listening, you're just constantly thinking about gaming, no matter what you yeah, do. Exactly right. Yeah. So it's just essentially any other activity you're doing in everyday life, school, work, whatever it is. You are essentially everything that you do is 
is either situated around gaming or you're constantly thinking about gaming. It's in your mind all the time. You know, you could be doing any other activity, something essential, uh, and all you're thinking about is what am I going to do later when I can get on to the game of my choice uh, with playing, you know, whether it's about accomplishing a new level or work you've been working your way up to doing something or you know your xp bars your rank mm -hmm. uh in on the leaderboards but yeah essentially everything that you're thinking about and doing is encompassed by when can i game what am i going to be doing when i'm gaming i'd rather be gaming than doing what i'm doing right now yeah, basically absolutely. and and that kind of ties in with the next one which is withdrawal symptoms and it's um they're somewhat similar in the fact that obviously you get sad and anxious and irritable when when you haven't gamed in an x amount of time yeah, I mean, this one is, is very common. You, you can see it a lot, and uh, I'm sure we all had, especially when we were younger, had experiences of it where you've just got a new game or a new console and you want to play it as much as possible, and your parent or your guardian has told you, you know, you need to, you need to stop now, you need to go to bed, or you need to do this, or eat even, and uh, you, you get upset because you can't keep playing, or you get irritated usually, and, and even aggressive sometimes. So, uh, yeah, it, it's essentially a withdrawal, just like you would get... You can get psychological withdrawals, which obviously this one would be. There's no, luckily, there's no physical reliance on playing games that gets developed. Unlike, you know, addiction, say, in alcohol, where you can become dependent on the actual physical um, goings on that alcohol provides in the body. Uh, but that psychological addiction can be and it can be very powerful, and you can end up experiencing withdrawal symptoms from not being able to play for whatever reason that is. You know, even if you're on holiday, it might take a, a few days to detox from the usual you know constant gaming and screen time that you you would have so uh yeah it's it's an interesting topic and it, it sounds silly to some people initially when they hear it but it is highly prevalent and i think a lot of parents out there now are probably experiencing um their children going through withdrawal when they are unable to play for whatever reason yeah absolutely i think it's I know I certainly experienced it as a as a child. You'd get a game on like Christmas Day, and then you'd have to go visit family for a few days, and you just want nothing more but to play the game that you just got. But um, yeah, we've all been there. Um, so that leads on to what well, this one quite surprised me though. However, Lee was talking about earlier about tolerance, and this surprised me because this makes it feel a lot more real like some of the other more physical addictions is like tolerance like you saying that the more you do it the more you need to do it to get that satisfaction yeah yeah so essentially like any other addiction um physical or psychological again um you will develop a tolerance over time so what this is relating to is your dopamine um system which is essentially like a neurotransmitter that controls kind of pleasure zones motivation uh and other kind of aspects of of your psyche and, and what kind of you know you manifest into reality so this can be uh this is usually experienced through a variety of things you know um accomplishments in real life um milestones achieved things like that uh you would end up getting that dopamine hit you can get it from exercise of course so it, you know what's known as the happy hormone the feel-good factor essentially and this feel-good mechanism is basically what games are completely designed around and we're going to go into more detail a little bit later but essentially video games yeah by design are dopamine inducing and that is the reason why they're so popular and people you know one of the main reasons of course they are enjoyable to play but it's very much um looking at it from a psychological perspective the certain aspects of a game itself and this can even be anything from the audio the video the um you know the visuals the um certain milestones you can achieve in game the the accolades you can get rewards whatever else it is uh, the, all these things will relate back and be giving you these little dopamine hits throughout your game session. And eventually your body will become tolerant of the amount of dopamine, dopamine release it's getting. And it won't fit, you won't feel satisfied or happy anymore from playing. So you end up having to increase that time. And then this is where um, all the, the, the symptoms we're about to list all come into play because obviously the more you prioritize your game time, other stuff is, is inevitably going to fall by the wayside. Yeah, exactly. And I like you said, this takes us on to our next point, which I think is quite a good indicator of, of if you might be experiencing this issue because giving up other activities or um, you know, sacrificing other things that you would normally do to play video games, like when your friends invite you out and you say, sorry, I can't, or etc., cetera, uh, you're not going to family events and things like that, or giving up other activities like, I don't know, sports, for example, 
just to play games. I feel like that is a good sign to look out for because it's relatively obvious. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this one's the most prominent one and maybe the one that people don't necessarily want to come to terms with. And they might even, this is kind of what I would indicate is one of the most addictive behaviors from, from gaming, uh, internet gaming disorder, uh, because you are literally sacrificing um, experiences that you would usually like to engage in, like you said, whether that's sport, recreational activities, hobbies, any kind of social events. So these are you know, the essential things that we need in our life in order to maintain well-being, and they are being sacrificed or watered down or, or even lost altogether. Like you're literally giving things up because you just want to keep investing your time into games. And that's, you know, like everything needs balance, and that is definitely one of the first kind of tangible signs of an imbalance there you know that's something you can actually see you're thinking mm, i used to enjoy playing football or whatever sport you enjoy and now you're thinking oh i don't even want to do that anymore i want to just keep playing to keep playing games or ironically sometimes it would be i'd rather play fifa than actually play football in real life <laughs> which i always found a, a little bit uh, interesting because uh, i i used to enjoy both and but i don't think luckily for me you know we're going to talk a bit about my experiences with igd later on but luckily with me if i ever had the opportunity to play football with my friends in real life it would never i would never prioritize playing fifa for example over actually interacting with my friends and, and playing engaging in a physical sport so right. yeah but it but yeah so i think like you like you rightly put that is definitely one of the most obvious signs where that you really need to kind of think about your relationship with uh video games yeah absolutely um and a lot a lot of these um a lot of these signs are, are relatively similar to be fair um like the next one for example is continuing to game despite problems um have you, have you got an example of that lee you might yeah, share so, with us <laughs> so yeah yeah so i mean there's many different examples of that so that could be anything from it could be completely objective so it could be something like if you're at school your grades are starting to slip and you are uh you are you know maybe not attending as often and there, there's these obvious like objective signs that are happening in the physical world that are causing you issues and problems and you are cho still choosing to immerse yourself into that virtual world probably ironically in order to cope for, with what's going on all these problems but then problems are never going to be solved if you keep kind of running away from them and putting yourself into gaming so um it's a vicious cycle essentially which we are again going to talk about a bit later on because um from the research i've done no one's really necessarily picked up on this perpetual state of you know I, I'm game. I'm gaming to get away from my problems, and then the problems are arising, and then I'm continuing to game even more in order to compensate for that. And that's just that loop is never gonna. It's never gonna end, basically. But yeah, I and mean, it could be something completely subjective. Like um, you could be feeling more anxious. You could be getting what's called uh, alexithymia, which uh, we to, to give you a quick overview. Alexithymia is a, a reduction in emotional regulation and also picking up the emotions of others and the ability to express yourself as well. So yeah, if you gain too much, you won't be able to fully express your emotions in a healthy way. And uh, you would also have trouble picking up on other people's emotions. And obviously these two factors are massive for social development. So as social as gaming is, especially in terms of maintaining friends and forming relationships, you also still need these real life social interactions in order to, to stay well-rounded and balanced so yeah these it, there's a multitude of issues but essentially if anything starts to be coming you know if gaming is causing a detriment to any aspect of your life that's where you need to address it rather than continuing to game basically continuing to throw yourself further into the into that world just just makes it worse yeah um, exactly yeah and you, you'll never get out of that state you'll just keep doing it it'll keep happening and happening things will get worse and worse and you play more and more and nothing essentially you're going to stagnate nothing's really going to change and then once you know you'll get to the point where you've lost your job or you failed your degree or your college or school or whatever it is and once then things happen and they manifest fully i mean that's it might be t a little bit too late in order to salvage something so obviously not it's not you know the end of the world but it could have it could have been preventable is what i'm trying to say yeah like the earlier you can the earlier you can tell the the, the easier it will be to to um to help to, to get help basically 
Exactly, and that's going to tie into some of our solutions that we're going to come on to later. So it's not all going to be doom and gloom on yeah. talking about. You know, <laughs> yeah. oh, these are all the terrible things, and uh, but we're not actually going to tell you what you can do. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's going to tie in really nicely later on. Luckily. Yeah, we will get to the end of signs and symptoms in a minute, guys. I promise. Yeah. Uh, there's a few more left. Uh, the next one is deceiving family members or others about the amount of time you actually spend gaming. Yeah, I mean, this one is self-explanatory, essentially. And then also, this is another really common thing with addiction, is you usually do try to conceal it and mask it and hide it from others. Uh, due to, it could be potential guilt, hopelessness, shame. It could be all these other different aspects. Um, but essentially, what you're doing is is you... And that kind of... That's also a very interesting indicator, because you might not consciously realize it, but subconsciously, if you're deceiving family members, you're understanding that it could be because they disapprove, which is definitely the case for sure. But the other aspect of it, because you could probably feel that maybe what I'm doing isn't right for me. Maybe this is wrong. Maybe this is, you know, uh, causing me some issues. And obviously that links into the previous signs and symptoms we discussed. But yeah, that, that's a really interesting one. I think if you start deceiving family members or other people of influence in your life, then um, you you kind of are on that verge of, having that self-realization that okay maybe this isn't just a recreational hobby for me this is something i'm becoming dependent on yeah absolutely and i think especially because unfortunately video game players have the stigma of you know being lazy and they don't you know you'd rather play video games than like read or work or and you know that's not the case a lot many people just play video games as a bit of escapism just to enjoy it and and I think that's almost what makes wanting to play video games worse is this the stigma that that surrounds it, even addiction aside. Um, so I think people, like you say, that that are deceiving their family members or friends, almost are aware that they kind of are experiencing this potential addiction because they're actively lying about it um, already. Uh, but yeah, anyway, moving on to the next one. Um, so i mean well this this kind of ties in with with everything we've spoken about but when it gets to the stage of you know you're willing to play video games to risk losing a relationship or job or some something of, of serious value which obviously we basically discussed in the last point anyway yeah ex exactly and uh yeah it's it's essentially the continue to game into supply problems it's linked straight back to that so that is that's the eventuality if you continue to um escape negatively and you're like you said you're using it to relieve these negative moods that you're feeling and uh you know because escapism is i i argue that escapism is probably one of the uh essential activities that we need in order to again maintain well-being you, you do need to escape reality and maybe even yourself sometimes by immersing yourself into this virtual world or living vicariously through a protagonist and and it's interesting because it links to what you just said about people with the stigmatization around gaming is, is mostly due to lack of understanding which i feel like is going to be a pretty common theme throughout these um throughout <laughs> these recordings that yep. we're doing because yeah there's you know mental health stigmatization is the exact same thing it's a lack of understanding and it's it's a, maybe an unwillingness to even learn about it further um like an avoidance thing and it's the same with games because gaming when you break it down is essentially storytelling it's teamwork it's cohesion there's all there's loads of positive aspects for it and if you look at something like reading for example um say if you're reading a novel you're living vicariously through that protagonist and you're immersing yourself into the, the world of the book and that's exactly what you're doing when you're playing games and then people usually say in response to me with that is like well what about if you're reading something that's uh improving your knowledge like you're learning about something and i said i said say to them uh, the amount of games i played when i was younger i have retained so much information and learned so much like i don't know Absolutely, if you played the yeah. assassin's creed franchise yeah but that really got me into history and architecture even to the point Absolutely. where i deliberately went on holiday to florence after playing assassin's creed 2 because i really wanted to see the architecture in real life i wanted to walk around where i was walking around with the with Ezio, the, the main character so and i've learned so much from games that i can that i've retained and and understood and these aren't even just psychological skills like problem solving and all the other ones that we've uh, discussed in previous content but this is actually historical learning or just just anything like that so i think that's a completely baseless argument and and again if, if we've talked about it before too much of a good thing if you read too much that's bad for you if you game too much it's bad for you if you exercise too much it's bad for you it's about achieving that balance but whatever tool you're using that is is pretty much redundant there, there's there's no point arguing about that it's the way you use it that's the important bit mm, absolutely yeah I, I i have so many friends and that have done done the same thing especially friends i've made from like um 
around across Europe and they said I learned most of my English through playing games like whether the game was in English or they just set the game to English so they because mo- most like if you if you're playing a game every day like I don't know Valorant or League that isn't a single player game and you know the voice lines and the call outs and the areas if you change that to another language you're going to be hearing it over and over again and subconsciously you you do know what that means because you know the the player or the area um and it's a great way to learn i actually used that to try and help me learn french when i was in school but anyway i digress um so we we've, we've talked about signs and symptoms now we're talking about causes so what what would cause uh the need to play video games and potential addiction um so obviously the need to a bit of escapism like we've said from from the stress in everyday life yep and uh you know with escapism I, I did briefly mention it, but I definitely want to reinforce that it's a coping strategy that can be positive uh, or negative, of course. And, uh, and like I say, it's arguably essential for achieving may- or maintaining well-being. Um, but yeah, escape from reality and your- or even yourself uh, by going into that virtual world and living for a protagonist for a little bit, it's a great way to relax. I mean, like I said, it, it, most forms of media, whether it's films, TV shows, reading, that uh, you know, books, that's, that's always the end goal, basically, is while you're watching that film, you are imagining, what if I was in this world? What if I was going through what the people were going through? You're identifying with them, and, and you do the same in gaming, definitely. But the issues will start to arise when the hours spent escaping start to impact your life. Uh, such mm-hmm. as the deterioration of relationships, education, work, sleep, or nutrition. So again, once some other factors start falling by the wayside and uh, you feel the need to escape even more, maybe you're escaping something that's happening in your life, uh, something that's causing a negative emotion. If you start using this coping strategy in a negative way and, and relying upon it too much, it is gonna it's gonna cause uh, cause you to um, you know start to have more and more negative experiences which will then cause you to escape more through gaming so like i said it is so easy to fall into these traps but yeah escapism is um probably i reckon if you ask a lot of gamers again this is anecdotally but if you ask a lot of gamers why they play it is probably escapism i think that is the main one Um, but like i said it's it's what everyone's doing everyone adopts that coping strategy i don't know one person uh who isn't finding a way for at least a brief period of time during the day or sometime in the week where they are immersing themselves in a different world to to escape the one that they're in exactly and and it's not not just gaming like watching netflix amazon disney shopping you know it's all it's not just gaming it's just (laughs) often gaming that gets the bad stigma attached with it but uh it's not just down to the player though is it like like you said previously like video some games are designed to keep the player coming back time and time again yeah and uh you know I did say earlier, I'm not necessarily pointing a finger at uh, game developers here, although they do, they definitely know what they're doing. They 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 they're aware what they're doing, hundred yeah. percent. Like it would be naive for anyone to think that they've just created these designs because they think it would be good. Uh, there, there's a lot of think tanks and a lot of strategy that goes into and the psychology behind video game design. So, yeah. um, they're designed with exactly yeah yeah i mean it's it's the foundations of any video game it's like we need replayability we need people to talk about this we need people to get hooked on it in a way excuse the expression obviously being very close to addiction but essentially that's what they want they want they want repeat business they want people coming back they want especially online games in particular because you know how do you maintain a, a, a player base in an online game it's by providing incentive providing motivations to play so Video games are essentially designed with persistent play in mind. That that is the foundation of any video game. Um, and then you know they 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 kind of end up conjuring this. Uh, oh, I don't know how to describe it essentially, but it's, all they're doing is creating these kind of accolades and rewards for playing every day or playing a number of matches a day or a week, uh, putting so many hours into a game. And they have these, you know, every game now uh, has season passes. I think, I don't know if Fortnite started that trend of maybe Call of Duty, but as soon as the season pass came out, one of the game platforms, every single game started doing season passes. Yeah. And, you know, you play a flat rate, you again unlock items that you can see ahead of time so at least it's a little bit better than the crate systems that are in some games so like csgo still have crate systems but then again it's a 16 
plus game or 18 plus game so you, you kind of at that point you, you you know what you're getting into or you could you at least argue yeah. that uh, you've got some idea but when you're seven or eight years old to you all your you're yeah. opening a crate and a noise plays and yeah. you know right colors exactly <laughs> exactly and uh, and yeah so in-game purchases downloadable content and they're all present there to entice the player to keep gaming and like as i just mentioned the aesthetic uh, and phonetic design so the visuals and the sound design of games are again they're so well thought out and uh, they're used to classically condition individuals so i'm sure some people have heard about classical conditioning before which is um from you know pavlov's dogs if you remember that where mm-hmm. uh you'd ring the bell um during meal times and the dogs would salivate and then he would take the food away ring the bell and the dogs would still salivate so essentially it's learning through association so when you hear this little sound bite of completing a level or coming first in a race or whatever you're doing that's stimulating your dopamine hit your serotonin your happy hormones they're all getting released uh, and if you hear some of the games i mean nintendo have have pioneered the entirety of of um audio design in game because you know every time you get a gold coin you get the one up you get uh, you yeah. get the mushroom i can hear that noise in my head right now and it's so satisfying to hear <laughs> or you get a star in you know mario galaxy or whatever you're doing or mario 64 i remember as a kid wanting to hear that sound see them visuals you know hear mario say something at the end of the at the level <laughs> and uh, yeah it's, it's it's the thing it's like it's frustrating because obviously they're doing it to, to sell more games, which is completely, you know, fine. It's a capitalist world and all that. But at the same, yeah, at the same we're not going to that. <laughs> That's a different uh, topic. Yeah, no, no, there's no way we're going to go into that. Um, but um, it also it is kind of a bit frustrating because, yeah, they, they know exactly what they're doing, but you've got to, you know, they're clever. They're maniacally clever, let's say yeah. that. They, they, they know what they're doing and, and they know it could cause some negative means. Um, but again, you know, cigarettes, alcohol, everything else exists in the world that has addictive tendencies. It's the way you use it is more important. Um, but they, they're definitely, they're, they're competent at what they're doing. They know. <laughs> they're, they're good at their jobs. Let's put it that they're way. Good. Yeah, they're good. They're yeah. uh, hor- horribly good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though it is scary. And, it, and like you say, it's that, that feedback loop of, that feeling of of achieving something and every time you log on you know you you level up or or you gain a rank or or you lose a rank and then you're like oh i've got to play tomorrow because i, I need to get that rank back and uh, yeah, yeah just... or or just keep playing if you're if you're me sometimes where if i've <laughs> lost the rank that i've i've held for so long i'll just keep playing until i get it back or until i just give up <laughs> but yeah. yeah and again that's the same thing is we're, we're all we're all susceptible to it i don't i think there's certain aspects of ourselves even even if you've achieved the balance with gaming that still sometimes it puts you over the edge into that oh i maybe shouldn't have played them extra couple of games or two hours but again that's a topic we're going to go go through soon is um why you can't stop playing sometimes why you have to continue to play until you win or um you know that mentality of of just one more game so that's something we're going to go into later on yeah absolutely um i mean we've got here like um negative escapism like the the other side of the coin i suppose like once it becomes a, a problem yeah and, and that, that's definitely the case it's um yeah and it's the same same thing we're gonna be you know people are gonna get bored of, of us saying it over and over again but everything is essentially or everything in the world you could argue is essentially neutral nothing is inherently good or bad it's always about the way you use it that's the most important bit and uh, another thing with the video game design and something that again is is embedded into the human psyche from years and years of or, you know hundreds of years of reinforcement is that a need to achieve and this is what we all have in, inside us basically is um games facilitate this opportunity to achieve progress and win effortlessly before this would be we go back to say like paleolithic times caveman era this would be something like you know hunter gathering or achieving achieving uh food finding food for example or uh you know searching for new areas finding water sources all these things would give us this satisfying feeling and we're not we don't necessarily get that anymore we're in a modern world luckily where you know it's accessible um things are accessible now so where do we get this achievement where do we get this motivation from and um usually it could be school grades work things like that uh, you know these kind of again tangible rewards from uh living our lives to the best of our ability whereas gaming you can sit there now and you can get all of this stuff within you know all of these experiences effortlessly from a few micro movements with your you know fingers or if you're playing vr for example maybe a little bit more effort or the wii if you've still got (laughs) one you know (laughs) it's uh it's so it's so interesting because again this is uh, from research this is something i never really fully considered but yeah we're you know 
these achievement motivations yeah gaming is again it's by design this it is it's in order to achieve and you feel great after completing a level and you know that that uh that feeling we get it, we tend to prioritize it from gaming rather than getting it from everyday life uh maybe because of how much easier it is to access how much easier it is to achieve uh whereas you know in life a lot of aspects you know if you want a career development or you want to achieve something else or learn a new skill it takes a lot more time and a lot more energy and effort um so this is the thing it's yeah you you can kind of see why addiction is on the rise i mean what is estimated 60 million people now uh, a wow. year are being diagnosed with uh, internet gaming disorder and that's a conservative estimate as well from the research i've done that's that's not even it could be more than that and that is a lot of people i mean given the player base is about two and a half three billion um people would argue it's not that many but still 60 million people i mean what's the population of the england like 75 or something like something that like I don't know. that yeah it's almost the yeah. whole of england every so the whole year. of england addicted to games every year so it's just yeah that's it's nuts to think about yeah and and, and... And we've compared it a lot to like actual physical gambling. But I, I was on Twitch the other day, and one of the top three categories was like slot machines. I was like, "What is that?" I, I clicked it, and it was streamers playing, just playing slot machines and streaming it. And I was like, "Really? Like that has its own category on Twitch?" Wow. That, that... I mean, that. Sorry. No, no. I was just gonna say, like, that just shocked me because one, like, that isn't. Is that I don't know if that even classes as a game. Like if you're just playing, but then I suppose they have many categories now that aren't even a game. But yeah, it just it just shocked me that um, that they would have that. And and as this is becoming more and more of an issue, I wonder if they will rein that back because watching streamers play, big streamers play um, gambling, literal just gambling video games, then you're going to be more inclined to play it naturally. That it's going to just increase, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of cutting out the middleman, really. Like, of you know, yeah. human video game leading into gambling uh, tendencies, and they've just taken out that middleman. It's like human <laughs> watching gambling, yeah. and then basically going off and gambling. Mostly, you know, may maybe uh, plausible. Obviously, some people probably maybe watch it. Some people could watch it to get that satisfaction of gambling without actually having to gamble. True. I mean, I used to. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's there's different aspects to it. But I used to. I got really into poker at one point, so I was watching a lot of poker series and the televised events and stream events and stuff, learning about the game. Obviously is a bit more tactic and it's not it's gambling but it's kind of calculated gambling like you know there's probability still but there's also yeah. elements outside the probability whereas something like a slot machine for example everything's predetermined and same with you know video game crates uh same thing it's already predetermined as soon as you click they've already decided the algorithm has already told you what item you're getting and then you're just waiting for the wheel to stop spinning and that's the bit that people like it's the anticipation rather yeah. than what you actually get obviously that's good too but it's watching that wheel spin knowing that you know schrodinger's cat it's, the cat's not out of the box yet it could be anything you could have the best item in the game you could have the worst item in the game you don't know and then eventually you get something closer to the worst item in the game and you disappointed and then yeah. you think right i can go again because it's the chance that's that's the bit that entices yeah. people of not knowing mm -hmm. it is that is the as they say in marketing they it's the sizzle not the steak it's the feeling you get of uh of waiting and uh and not knowing but i mean you've had your your own experience with with internet gaming disorder back like stemming from from the teenagers yeah yeah so um it started i must have been about 15 or 16 and i think the bit that the bit that in captivated me the most was about kind of what's called i guess you, you call it your virtual self essentially so you know online games is a great way to meet like-minded people you know people with shared interests things like that and the friend section kind of turn into social connections and we've done some videos on that so check out our uh, youtube channel if you want to so you know see about the social benefits of gaming but it was kind of that ability to be anyone you wanted to be you could create a large network of friends uh and the whole the whole virtual the virtual self and the virtual world was much more enticing than my my true self and my real and the real world at the time so that was kind of what brought me into it and um i think uh it was pressures from school pressures from social things so this, i'm talking like maybe about 14 to 17 um i think when i got my ps3 and then i went to xbox 360 after because that broke three times <laughs> so <laughs> if, uh, i don't know i don't know uh, of, if you ever had, like, yeah. yeah so I, I didn't get red ring but it used to be called yellow light of death was on the um 60 <laughs> 60 gigabyte uh ps3s they, they were the first initial release and i got it day one i must have 
begged my parents. I did oh. every chore in the house for about, I think about a year when I heard it was getting announced. And I did everything I could. And I literally, my dad got it for me about a month after release. Uh, and the 60 gigs were backwards compatible, which was huge at the time. So wow, yeah. PS2 games, you could play them all. You could play, I think you could even play PS1 on there. Uh, and that was great. But yeah, after about a year, the yellow light would kick in and it would basically just, just break the console altogether. Uh-huh. They'd send you a refurbished 60 gig one. That broke got sent another refurbished one that broke so after that one i got the refurb i sold it and then i bought a 360 and i bought the upgraded 360 not the one with the uh, red ring uh the i don't know what it's called i think it was like a slim version or something it was black the arcade or something yeah, yeah yeah it was something like that and i got that one and then i very much i think that was probably the point where uh my gaming if i had gaming addiction because obviously i was completely unbeknownst at the time but uh, if i did that was when it happened so i'm talking like 16 17 ish you know stress of exams school Mm -hmm. exams gcse uh social identity was a huge one like you know uh what clique do you fit into um i I don't know if school's different now but yeah growing up it was very um typical of like you know the films and tv shows that depict school life or high school life which is uh you know the jocks and all the other people all the other little social groups yeah Yeah, all these little cliques and uh, that was kind of the way it was for me in school and uh, i never really fit into anything because i like a lot of different stuff i like sport and exercise i like video games yeah like what am i i didn't know what i was (laughs) yeah Yeah, music i love music and even the music side like is quite uh, kind of you know obscure comparison to like mainstream music and films and whatever tv shows so um yeah that was a big struggle um so then influencers basically were kind of negatively provoking these behaviors and i was thinking well if i go online i can be anyone i want to be i can get away from myself i can get away from what's happening in the real world don't need to worry about my school grades to the point where i used to actually lie fake sick to my parents in order i could get off school so i could play more games and i think the bit i i think the bit that was probably the most difficult thing to get past was that you know not to be arrogant but i was good at them you know i was in the on modern warfare 2 i was in yeah. the top 2000 in the world for quite a long time for wins for kills i was getting three figure kill games again like 120 kills a game wow. in, in some of them yeah i was good and i think i don't know maybe yeah maybe i think part of it was i wasn't necessarily like i i'm kind of good like okay at most things but i think this was the the first thing i really excelled at and i think that was where it came from and i needed that satisfaction from from playing doing something that i'm good at and also getting you know along with the video game design kind of uh enticing me to to continue to play definitely so it was a it was a recipe for disaster basically but, but and i, I uh, mean but sorry to interrupt but back back then i'm not saying you're anciently but i'm saying back then like was it an avenue did you think oh if i keep playing maybe i could go professional and make a career out of it or that never crossed your mind um probably not in the competitive scene because esports was still very much in its infancy like you said i mean we're talking we're talking like 2006 to 2010 kind of range so i was watching it i was actually competing so modern warfare 2 i ended up getting i guess you could say scouted i played a i used to play search and destroy that was my game which i'm sure everyone knows it's it's basically yeah it's basically a counter strike element you know plant the bomb defuse the bomb um you don't respawn after you die so uh, it's it's probably one of the tougher game modes to play um but i you know i was i was dropping again like you know double figures at least 18 20 kills a game carrying games clutching 1v4s 1v3s no problem at all and uh yeah um i played against this team ended up more or less carrying the game i, I actually remember uh, i can't remember the map i can see it in my head i can't remember the map's name it was on modern warfare 2 mm-hmm. and uh, i ended up going like 24 5 or something like that oh. on 6v6 games so you know that's a very high kill yeah. count to have and uh, we ended up ended up narrowly beating this entire pre-made squad you know a whole clan and they were called clans back then that's gone too bring bring clan back you know yeah, no one yeah, says yeah. clans anymore <laughs> um so yeah so they had all their clan tags in there and one of them added me afterwards and i was like oh, okay and uh you know back in the xbox 360 days you you you'd be pretty common for people to add you and then they'd end up, you could voice record to each other and <laughs> yeah. they would flame you that happened a lot um but this this guy he voice messaged me and just said you know you you outplayed us all would you like to join my team we play in a european league so i started playing um, wow competitively and modern warfare 2 especially cod 4 as well was notorious for having probably one of the most toxic communities of all time yeah still does and that that was difficult to deal with because especially if we had a few bad performances um teammates would be bad opposition team would be worse sometimes of what they said so i kind of took a step away from that for a while um and I, I started to gain a little bit more balance in, in life of, uh, of, you know, of the kind of addictive tendencies that mm-hmm. I had towards gaming, luckily. So when I was 17, 
I got into the gym, uh, which I think I wanted to do for ages. I wanted to, to join a gym, build my physique up. I was a small guy. I was like five seven back then. I was I don't know like eight eight or nine stone, really skinny. Uh, didn't have much stature about me, and obviously that reduced my confidence. So once I started training, luckily I got my growth spurt as well because now I'm six one and about fifteen <laughs> yeah. stone. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, very very much obviously yeah, and uh, luckily I could build muscle very quick, but. Getting into the gym, honestly, I think was the probably the, one of the most important turning points in my life for sure. And it's still something that I do to this day. I mean, I, that's what I was doing earlier before I jumped on here. I, I train six times a week still, all the time. I, I love it. Yeah. I don't think, uh, you know, it, to the point where it, it's like a contributing factor to anything else I do. I guess that does sound like an addictive tendency. Obviously, I have my days off. And if I go on yeah. a holiday or I do go to a festival or an event, I'm not really thinking about training. But if someone's saying, oh, do you want to meet up at this time? I'm thinking, mm, well, when can I train? Like, I've got to train yeah. first. And like, it's just so important to me in my life now that uh, it, it, I prioritize it because after I train, I get all these all these positive experiences that you get from gaming. You get the mm -hmm. feel-good factor. You get the dopamine release. You get the sense of achievement. You get the sense of progression. Um, because you go in, and it's and it's this cause-and-effect relationship. And this was probably the crux of any addictive behaviors I had was cause and effect and this idea of fairness and control because i think just as we all do in our teens just as we all went through or people are going through right now when you realize the world isn't fair it is so hard to get your head around that yeah. when you're thinking you know oh if you put the work in it pays off and sometimes it does you know, don't get me wrong it's not all doom and gloom but sometimes you can do everything right you could do all these things and things just happen and they're out of your control and that's really difficult to deal with and i had a hard time coming to terms with that so the gym gave me that fairness and control that I seeked in games because that's the cool thing about games. Obviously, online cheating is a different uh, thing, but obviously at the time, that wasn't prevalent to me. Online gaming was a thing, but there wasn't any form of cheating really around at the time. But um, it was the idea that I'm in this controlled environment in this world where if I do something positive or correct, I get rewarded for it, and I love that. That's what I wanted from my, my own life that I wasn't getting. Because it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. Um, so the gym gave me that same feeling of if I go to the gym, if I work hard, if I eat right, if I sleep, then uh, I'm going to achieve. You know, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get faster, better. You know, all these other different things. Uh, I'm going to look better. I'm going to feel better. So Confidence, yeah, yeah. I I can't. You know, we're going to talk about solutions in a second, and obviously one one of them is going to be about uh, different interests. And for me. If I didn't get into the gym at that point, it, I could have gone down a very different pathway. And I'm just so glad that I did. So, um, yeah, it is. But that cause and effect relationship, um, I don't think people talk about that enough from the research I've done. That they don't talk about that level of element of fairness. Uh, I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm the only person to think of it. Of course not. But I think it's a much bigger deal than people realise. Is that idea of of that controlled environment. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, coming on to to what the listeners can do if they feel like they're experiencing that or know someone that's like experiencing that. Um, as you said, you found another interest in the gym, but obviously that that could be that could be anything, really, couldn't it? Art, music, sport. Yeah, I mean, the, the most <laughs> random of things. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, people were into this. Is the great thing about especially about the modern world in particular, is that this, you can access so many different things, you can access different knowledge, and you can essentially do anything you want. Like There's hobbies for everything now. I mean, yeah. I recently, last week, I did kayaking for the first time. I've never done it before. Oh. And it's so accessible now because you can buy these inflatable kayaks that go in your car. And you know, this wasn't really a thing back back then. So, I mean, that's just one small example. But why I'm, yeah, you're right. You can find you can find anything, any different topic, any hobby, and it can be physical. It can be. It could even be a, a sedentary one. Again, I would personally, if you like gaming a lot, I would recommend something that is outdoors and physical. But that's just me, just yeah. to achieve that further balance. But it can just be something that is stimulating, that is learning, and something maybe you know a bit more. Well, I don't want to say a bit more tangible tangible because gaming is tangible like uh one thing i was uh, forgot to mention was when i got into fifa when i was 17 18 and i, got, I achieved a bit of a better balance i started content creating and then i got a few videos going viral and uh you know not to brag or anything but i used to actually hang out with quite a few members of the sidemen 
Wow. Just say Wow. Name dropping me. For example, I used to chat to him. I know, right? I was I featured on one of KS or two of KSI's videos actually back in the day. That's really cool. I know. Yeah. Well, basically, he used to do a top five goals of the week on FIFA, and I came first twice. So I ended up coming first twice on that one because I was again I was quite talented at FIFA. FIFA 12 in particular, I was yeah unstoppable. Is there anything you can't do, Lee? Like, is there anything six foot one? Yeah, yeah. Weight training, you know, all of it. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame I haven't got anything to show for it now, really. But, uh, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Fame but, uh, and glory. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, because I, I was like, oh, do you know what? I don't think this can't. Because I was starting to get quite a bit of viewership, and even some of the older ones, like um, like the Penfers, I used to chat to quite a bit as well. Um, um, maybe Toby a little bit. I don't know. Like comments here and there. We used to watch each other's videos. We're all, you know, we're in some Skype uh-huh. calls together. Cal Freezy as well. He's talk to Cal Freezy quite yeah, a bit. Cal I've still got him. I think I, I loaded up my Xbox 360 the other day, and I've still got his um, <laughs> no his profile. Yeah, he's on my friends list still. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so uh, but I I think funnily enough, I uh. I went to uni and thought, oh no, this content thing isn't really going to take off. <laughs> How wrong was I? But, um, but again, I, I, it's, uh, yeah, where was I? I've lost my interest. I, God, I'm just so engulfed. My head, <laughs> no, so no, it's right. It's just engulfed in what I was talking about. Just um, chatting about things, things that the listeners can do to. Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it can be anything. It, it doesn't, like I said, it'd be better to be physical or outdoors or something very practical. That's the word. Something practical would be ideal. But, it could it could be just reading more. It could be all these other stuff that we mentioned, just different forms of entertainment, but just something to achieve balance. That that's the point. Or get that satisfaction from you know, yeah. get that feel good factor, get that dopamine release. Not just getting it from one place, but getting it from something that could maybe lead on that has a maybe a, a physical social element. So something that you meet up with in person. Um, like again, you know, another personal one of mine was getting into bouldering, climbing. I really really like that, and it's a really social thing, and everyone's super friendly down there, and it's nice to have a chat and meet new people. So there's all these different different ways you can do, but yeah, finding another interest. I think that's the first for me personally. That's one of the first things to start with. I think because it's yeah. it's a very easy, well not easy, but it's 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 a thing to implement. And there's so many things out there. You can you can try something once, and if you don't like it, try something else. It's yeah. it, the possibilities <laughs> are endless. Exactly, and I think I I would recommend, like you said, trying to find something practical that that you can see growth in in terms of like you can see yourself getting better whether that may be i don't know drawing or like you say going to the gym your physique gets better rock climbing i don't know you probably can't make it to the top i don't know (laughs) i'm terrible at rock climbing and gradually each week the more you go the further you make it the longer you last whatever it may be you get that satisfaction that and then and then also you're probably going to enjoy your time gaming when you do game more because it's it's more quality valuable time than when you're playing it every day Exactly. Yeah, you're you're completely right, and that also stems in with um, what we were talking about earlier, where you're letting these essential or even non-essential activities fall by the wayside. And uh, so, for example, I think the most prominent one for gaming for gamers, uh, stereotypically, is sleep. People sacrificing sleep mm-hmm. to play more. And um, once you start prioritizing these essential activities in your life again then you'll feel better while you're actually having the game session you're thinking okay i've i've slept well i've done my schoolwork, i've homework I've, I've finished work for the day i've made my food i've had dinner and now it's i don't know it's seven in the evening i'm going to go to bed at 10 11 o'clock waking up for the next day i've got three hours what should i do i can play now because i've done everything else everything else is ticked off the list and um yeah and, and that, yeah. yeah exactly and you will feel better about it because you won't have that guilt or that hopelessness or that escapism that like you will be obviously escaping what you're d- doing but there's nothing waiting for you when you get out of that virtual world again you're not coming back to him thinking oh well i haven't i haven't cleaned the place oh it's two three in the morning i've got to be up at six for school or for work or whatever yeah. you know you, there's, there's nothing that's been sacrificed from your playtime basically Exactly, it's just holding yourself a little bit accountable for your responsibilities and, and the things you can do, like, like like we've got here, being the watcher of your of your own mind. Yeah, I mean, this one for me, this is out of out of everything we say today. I I personally think this is the most important important point, and it's one of the hardest to implement into your life because it takes practice, like anything. It's not just going to be you're not going to wake up one day and immediately become more self aware, but uh, it is easier said than done. But uh, all it means, really, of being the watcher of your own mind is to become more self-aware and understand why you're displaying these behaviors when it comes to gaming. So it's it's a gaining introspection in your own life, thinking, I have this urge to play, this compulsion to play now. 
and thinking why, stopping yourself for just a second while you're loading up, you've turned on your console, thinking why why do I want to play right now? What what am I gaining from it or what am I losing from it or what am I running away from? What am I not addressing? And just becoming aware of that and thinking, okay, maybe I should do maybe I should address this first before I go on to it. Oh, take ten minutes just to reflect and think, okay, what emotions am I feeling right now? What is going on? And this is something for me that I it's been implementing more into my my daily life. But and this is something you don't even have to stop it with gaming. This can be with everything. This could be with any other um forms that people become compulsive over or controlling or lose control over. This could be dieting, it could be whatever, whatever you want really. Um but yeah it's uh it's gonna facilitate self regulation and self control. And that is I mean, once you've achieved that, I think everything else is pretty much like encompassed by that. You know, it's it's all self-regulation is the foundation, and then of life, <laughs> of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if you can self-regulate, if you can have self-control, if you can apply your attention and your awareness into certain areas, uh, it's going to put you on pathway to enjoy things and enjoy everything in moderation and in particular with gaming enjoy an activity that you really like and love i mean it, you know if you play games you, you know how much you enjoy them you know why you like to play them definitely but it's not necessarily why you like to play them it's more why are you playing them in this particular moment like what what are they what's the purpose they're serving for you right now and that's going to help you prevent it becoming kind of an abusive behavior of, of self-abuse you know of uh, of causing um a downfall to yourself so like i said one one tip i would definitely think about is reflecting immediately when you feel that urge to game and understand why you're feeling like it is there a trigger or a cause has something happened in your day that has now started that cycle in your head of i need to play i'm thinking about it you know that obsession with gaming that we were talking about the preoccupation earlier and uh, it does take a lot of practice and patience and time in order to become the watcher of your mind and uh, be an effective watcher as well and sometimes you won't get it all the time sometimes you'll you know you'll you'll behave without reflecting beforehand and that you know it's part of being human but it's, human. it's more <laughs> consciously uh trying to apply this this mindset that that's the bit you need to do. you need to try basically you need to try to do it you're not going to win them all but you, you're going to find you find yourself having a better understanding of what's going on in your mind and, and how you behave and why you behave in the way that you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as we wrap it up here, it's just important to remember that video games, like anything, and like Lee just said, you know, they can be great and they also can be bad, just like anything. It's all about moderation, guys. Don't don't feel like, you you know, you shouldn't play video games now or, you know, it's, it's video games can be amazing. And um and if if you feel like you want to be a bigger part of, of, of the community and join Gamers versus Depression, we do have a website, www.gamersversusdepression.org and a Discord, which you'll find on there, and our YouTube channel, where me and Lee work very hard to upload videos um, of interest that we hope you'll enjoy. Also, Gamers versus Depression. Uh, but yeah, I think that about wraps it up, Lee. Thanks so much for um, taking the time to, to go through that with us. Yeah, no problem at all. There's a few other bits um, that we can definitely cover on this topic. And I think we will have one in the coming weeks or months coming up, uh, which is going to be about how gaming addiction can affect your family. And we're also going to be talking about uh, whether you think you should be quitting games altogether or not. So that is definitely a, oh, okay. a controversial topic that we can discuss in more detail. So we've got a couple of bits uh, situated around this particular topic. So if you did enjoy this, keep an eye out in the coming weeks and months for uh, for them other topics that we're going to discuss. And we'll have a little recap and revisit uh, later on. Yeah, perfect. And, and make sure to follow our socials because you'll see when they go live uh, on Twitter and, and, and YouTube and our Discord, like I said. But yeah, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.